Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we watch new movies and then we discuss them for you, the audience, with our very fresh, very hot, very spicy, very syphilitic takes. And today I'm joined by my brother, Jeremy Kolodzewski. What's up? And my dear friend, Robbie Anderson. I was almost going to say Robbie Kolodzewski. You almost got indicted Robbie, into the family. I almost got, I almost got to be in the fam. Yeah. One of us. I wish I, I, wish I was. Um, I wouldn't mind being a Kolodzewski. How you boys doing? Chilling, man. Yeah? I th- I feel like we're in this stage of quarantine now where everyone's just kind of used to it. It's, uh, Maybe a it's scary how normal that it is now. Yeah. I, where it's like I go out, it's like, oh, I got to put on my mask and yeah. not think about which, it. Which mask am I going to wear today? <laughs> Oh sure. shit! I forgot my mask. It's like phone yeah. wallet's keys mask. Yep. Yeah. It's 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 definitely strange. We gotta upgrade that uh, Adam Sandler song now. <laughs> you guys get any like cool looking masks? Any like uh, any like have you have you ventured down into that route? The like custom masks or the? No, I'm not a fucking nerd. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> get used to it, buddy. This is gonna be this is fashion now. So I'm sorry no, to I say. Know. I know. I'm just uh, playing. Kirsten's grandma made uh, some cool, not like not like like their in vogue design masks, but she made some like real quality like multiple fabric meshed like good masks. Because before I was using like like a sock that I cut up or like a bandana <laughs> that I turned into a homemade mask, um, which like you know like, like it worked. S- I ain't, I ain't got the thing as far as I know. Yeah, like a, this like new a s- mask is a lot more comfortable and, and better, and it doesn't fog up my glasses. So like, that's cool. Like a sock bandit. Yeah, well, you can, like, cut, like, different holes in, like, a sock to kind of, like, loop it around, and then you can put another one in there, so it's, like, there's a little bit more filter. Hmm. Um, the double layer method. ideal. Yeah, but... I got called... Nothing. I got called ma'am in the Taco Bell drive-thru yesterday, so that's Ooh. that's my big news. Your they beautiful could, eyes. They couldn't see your beard underneath <laughs> your mask. <laughs> that's funny. Well, it was in the ordering, uh, it was in the ordering portion. When they couldn't, it's, oh, they so can you just hear. have that? You just have a nice. Uh, you know, oh, it's just based on your voice, voice alone, huh? Yeah, I wow. guess my voice is like a little feminine. Maybe your 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 Irish is girly. Now I want Taco Bell. Me too. Mm. Anyway, uh, we so we watched a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, not as not as spicy as usual. I I watched it two days ago. Now I watched it today. You watched it today? Okay, so you guys are a little yeah, hotter. Did you, you did you watch I, it today, Jeremy? I watched it last night. Last night. Okay, so what movie very, did, uh, did we watch? Very late at night. Capone. 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 Yeah. Oh, boy. Josh Trank. Yeah, Josh Trank um, of uh, Chronicle and yes. uh, the Fantastic Four fame. Uh, is yes. Is it back with another uh, superhero fantastical? No, that's not it. Uh, it's about it's Al Capone. It's certainly... It's certainly where fantastical. Do guys, where, where do you guys, not to like start a tangent fucking immediately, where do you guys stand on uh, Chronicle? Never seen it. What about you, Jer Bear? I really liked it when it came out. I haven't seen it in a while, but I thought it was an interesting take on the found footage genre. So and how I feel about Chronicle kind of like is almost exactly how I feel about Capone, where I think Chronicle's like really interesting, but I don't think it's very good. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yep. And that's that's my hot take on on Capone right there. Uh, I also think Chronicle is super entertaining. I think Capone is one of the most entertaining <laughs> movies I've ever watched. Uh, I don't think it's very good though. I you don't think, think it's entertaining? Okay, okay. I had fun. Well, I had fun watching it. If I that- feel like I had no fun watching this movie. I'm with you on the interesting, but not very good, but sure. also just not fun at all. I'm I'm that's half I'm halfway I'm halfway in between. I found some things pretty funny and enjoyable but there were also scenes where i did not find it enjoyable at all there were certainly scenes that were funny it's funnier than i thought it was gonna be hilarious even and (laughs) there there were definitely scenes that were definitely like intentionally unenjoyable yeah for sure but i don't quite think uh josh trank has like the measured directorial skill to really like evoke the emotions that he really wants us to like invoke, you know? Yeah. Well, so, okay. Before we get deeper into kind of breaking it down and stuff, let's talk a little bit about what this movie is. So 
if you've never listened to Hot Takes before, we'll do the first first segment, probably 15, 20 minutes or so, spoiler free, and then we'll we'll dive into uh, more of a deeper discussion and and spoil the crap out of it. But uh, so Capone is a movie about Al Capone, real life uh, American gangster, um, who uh, gets done in for tax tax fraud or tax evasion. Um, and then goes to prison for 10 years. This movie com- um, takes place when he's come out of prison. So it's like kind of the last year of his life. And they kind of preface that right at the, the, the beginning. So it's Capone living in his – is it Miami? Or is it just the, – they it's say, somewhere, it's Florida. somewhere in just Florida. Florida. Yeah. Uh, his house in Florida with uh, his the remainder of his family um, as he his health kind of – uh, deteriorates as I uh, alluded to in the intro because he has very advanced stage uh, syphilis. He's a he's a fucking walking bag of pus. He's gross, man. Yeah, we want to talk about this movie disgusting. right up front. They did a good job of making Tom Hardy <laughs> fucking just very they disgusting, made him look very like hard a to look at. You and know, they- I didn't think he could get grosser than Venom. Um, and here we are. This movie. Reminded me of Venom in a lot of ways, honestly. As it yeah, <laughs> it really did. As it should, it, it, yeah. it evoked Venom in more ways than I was expecting. I think it would make a good midnight double feature. Can I? Ven- can Venom I and ask you guys? Did that is a very good double feature, Jeremy? Can I ask good? you guys? Question mark. It's you know, it's like how, it's like the room. Good. Sure. Um, at any point, did. Tom Hardy turned into Al Capone in your mind. No, definitely He turned not, into no. something. He more turned yeah. into uh, Bub from Day of the Dead. The, I like, the, the walking zombie. Every time he talked, like, not only was I, like, taken, like, like flung, like, when Doctor Strange gets, like, kicked out of his body, like, <laughs> that happens, I'm just like, what the fuck is yeah. happening right now? Um, that was me every single time. Uh, I I just saw him do it. I just speak, do anything. I was like, I cannot believe this is what this this show. This, I can't believe these are the decisions from from the aesthetics to the voice to everything. Like, everything, yeah, everything about it. It's something I wasn't about- sure. Go ahead, I wasn't Jerry. sure. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure uh, if when he he was like sub being subtitled and he was speaking. I'm not. I wasn't sure if he was speaking Italian or just like pure gibberish. And they just had to subtitle him, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's like... Yeah. It's something I think that is like kind of par for the course with Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy is a, is a very capable actor and has definitely done um, several really good roles. Um, I mean, he I always think, goes for it. But that's the thing. He's like a bazooka. Like, in the hands <laughs> of a talented operator, a bazooka can get a lot done and can be very powerful. In the hands of someone who's maybe not so good at handling a bazooka you get venom or you get capone i think it could really blow up in your face yeah exactly perfect perfect little cherry on top of that analogy thank Mm -hmm. you that's good i mean i think you know tom hardy yeah i I agree with everything you just said and i think that he just you know I, i also think he's like the only reason the movie is like watchable even though i don't think the performance is like i think the performance is good it is as good as it's directed, you know, like he's doing a hundred percent. It's just the direction of what he's being asked to do, which is just like pure lunacy. It's cartoonish. But I get it's like, it's, it's insane. Yeah. It's insanity. And for, but you know, they're, I'm sorry, Jack, you can go ahead. I was just going to say for something that seems like it kind of, I think one thing we should probably try to dial in on is what we think this movie is trying to do or trying to be. Cause it, it seems almost like they're trying to do like, you know, a biographical real life, like kind of deep dive on uh, a very troubled person's like psyche in the end of their life. It's it's like part tree of life and part venom and like the in between of those two things. And and yeah. and definitely I know sometimes we do a lot of uh, comparing to David Lynch, especially when it comes to like surrealism. But yeah. I think Josh Trank is definitely trying to in, in, like evoke some David Lynch vibes, Absolutely. especially, especially since he got the same cinematographer from Twin Peaks, the return to shoot. Oh, this did movie. he really? Yeah. Peter that Deming makes a lot of sense. Okay. And of course, and of course there's Kyle MacLachlan. Right. True. Yes. I think, Who's there? you know, 
I think when we when I mentioned like I think what the movie's trying to do is more interesting than what it is. The the pitch of like we're doing a, a it's almost like a a gangster movie, but like the the gangsters at the end of his life, um, and his mind's deteriorating. So you have all these avenues for some really trippy uh, cinematography or or imagery, which I, I don't think the movie even comes close to it how far it could go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it tries, but I think it, it could have gone way... I think it could have throttled that way harder. I would have been more into it. Uh, and yeah, I think th- those things are what kept me engaged enough mm-hmm. or into the movie. In the, and those are things like... Those are like the bold decisions that I think are cool where it's like, oh yeah, we're seeing... <clears throat> you know, this is, this is an Al Capone story that like I don't think I would ever... I never thought I would want to see. Um... And I was proven right, but you know, it, it's interesting. It's a very interesting take on that, you know, this person, this this larger than life character, you know. It's but certainly very uncommercial for a biopic, yeah, definitely. Which I appreciate because every biopic has really started to blur together for me. So it was appreciative to see something a little different, even though it didn't quite hit the mark. Yeah I, yeah, I I think I appreciate what this movie is going for, but I, I just don't think it quite lands all the way. And I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure exactly what it is that makes it fall apart. If it's the writing, or if it's I think it's just a lack of focus. Yeah, that too. I mean, I I you know we've kind of alluded to it being a little more. I mean, like you said, Jeremy, it's it definitely has Lynchian vibes, which I was not expecting going in. Uh, on this movie i i wasn't really sure what exactly i was expecting going in on this movie other than i had heard some pretty divisive things on it um but i was definitely not expecting it to get as dreamy uh nightmarish as it gets sometimes Mm -hmm. um but there's just something about i I mean we got to go back to talking more about tom hardy like he he sounds like a fucking gremlin um in every every time he utters i mean i got some solid laughs out of some of the pissing and shitting that goes on in this movie spoiler alert <laughs> i was going to say that's I was gonna say, that's that's for the spoilers though. i know yeah <laughs> yeah we could talk about the specific incidents of pissing and shitting in in yeah. spoiler zone <laughs> i guess um, the whole the whole movie's kind of a piss and shit so. it's kind of a shit shit fest yeah sure yeah um but it's, yeah, I don't let's know. Break, I don't know what the, if there's pathos that needs to be in there. That just is not. It's just so he's so cartoonish the whole time. I think I, I think the annoying thing about the movie is that there's like there's like a plot in there, and the movie just is not concerned with it except when it like randomly is like except with the time like you know there there's there's a plot in there. There's like there's a three act structure, easy to use plot in that movie. And they purposely keep it far away, I think, to like add to this kind of like mystic, kind of like out of reality aspect of the movie's like failing to go for. Yeah. And, and I think that's so. I think it's so annoying because I'm almost just like, yo, the mo- there's a movie in here. I wish you were just giving me that. You know, there's uh, there's this MacGuffin that exists in the movie. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Just give me that. Just give me the search for this thing. I'm kind of leaning the other way. I wish this movie like straight up didn't have a plot also, and was just also, fair. also just like 100% a psychologically like character focused and like 100% taking place within Capone's own mind because it almost is like you it, could read it, it that it like mostly is but it doesn't I think it's, fully commit it's too, to it yeah it's it's too much in the middle of what you and me are talking about yeah, yeah. Like that, that's it's the, the difference like and it too, doesn't succeed yeah. on either front I don't think it's, no. it's it, like, like if it was a I wish it was almost like the wrestler Black Swan or something yeah. like that or like an Aronofsky movie where it like yeah could really blew the doors off on like it's on it's like dreamlike sequences and stuff you know which which really puts into like more context of the um, you know I know this isn't like directly related but at the same time it is because of the director that we're talking about so like you know, Josh Trank, the director of this movie, had a like notoriously bad time working on his big tent pulse uh, studio superhero movie, the Fantastic Four, and yes. he he put the blame on like he wanted to make uh he wanted to make his Fantastic Four movie like this weird David Cronenbergian horror show and studios wanted something else a little bit more conventional so he 
like it got like met in the middle and he like left the project and I got taken over. It's a long story. There's a great article on um on Polygon that like that talks about this this whole story of how Josh Trank like his whole career and how it affected him and all that. But at the same time, I'm thinking I'm looking at Capone, which is a movie that he had like pretty much entire creative control on. Like he, yeah. yeah, like this movie was basically all his, but at the same time, it has a lot of the problems that fan, fan four stick had was that. Did you it, watch, I, did you watch fan four stick? I did. I watched it on, uh, not recently, but I watched it on like HBO or something just out of like pure morbid curiosity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it a, is it like a full blown nightmare movie? Uh, kinda, yeah. <laughs> but I it has, it, it has a, uh, <clears throat> t- t- Fantastic Four has a very similar problem. It has a much more worse degree of a problem, but you know, Josh Trank was was blaming the executives on the film's lack of focus. But I th- I think it's might also be like a Josh Trank issue as well a little yeah. bit that like yeah. he does he isn't a hundred percent sure what his movies like what they really want to be. I mean, he seems to. What it seems to be that he likes to do, judging by Chronicle Fantastic Four in this movie, is that he wants to take a conventional structure mm-hmm. and make it unconventional, mm-hmm. which is, you know, something that we have seen examples of that all three of us could be like, I like uh, this movie because it does exactly that. But, you know, I think he... You know, I, again, the concept's like too... He can't rein in his own conception his own like concepts you know like i think that's that's part of the issue and yeah i think this movie is like a little too stuck which i haven't seen fantastic four his fantastic four um and it sounds like that's kind of the same issue that you're describing it's like trapped between these two types of movies he definitely got a better performance in this one than he did in in for any of the performances in fantastic four though so i'll give him credit he is he is definitely improving but he's he's not quite at the point to make like the masterpieces that he thinks he wants yeah because i think he he really wanted to like prove to to everybody like no i'm i'm fucking josh trank i got this i'm a fucking auteur fuck you mean and it's just you know yeah but i I think just like again there's having Tom Hardy go full full goblin and then also like <laughs> you know trying to evoke that kind of lynchian sort of um dreamlike state doesn't just I don't know I, there's something about it that just is lacking a certain like touch I think in this movie that you can see like where he's going with those things or the things he's trying to pull off but something just doesn't pull it all together um something about it yeah. just breaks the spell for me and I it it could be I don't know I think it could be the way that that I just found Capone in this movie more comedic than anything else it's part of um, it and it's you know it's hard to say whether like, like like the movie is pretty explicit that maybe it's not explicit enough that he's a bad dude and has done some pretty bad things but I think most people probably are aware that Capone is done some some pretty serious crimes in his life or mm-hmm. is uh yeah. allegedly has done some pretty serious crimes in his life like i said i think he only got actually convicted of tax evasion but yeah i mean maybe that's why the movie tries so hard to present him as such like a you know he's a piece of piece of shit and he's he's not having a good time dying you know it's not a peaceful death for him he's being haunted by his past his present is just you know a piss shitting nightmare uh, he's surrounded by statues of like Alexander the Great and stuff, and it just shows how like you know for whatever greatness he achieved, it will never, it can't even come close to that. Like, right. you know, and, and again, like all those all those pieces are are interesting, but I think you know by by being so afraid to glorify Al Capone, um, which it's like I think the right impulse. Yeah, he's not interesting. Yeah, but you you, know, you can like, always make that ab- about more so like the self glorification that he has while still, you know, it takes a you know there's a fine line there, right? Like you and there's yeah. 
there's also something inherently powerful of, of a story about a man trapped inside his own mind and trapped inside mm-hmm. his own body that like yeah. you know no matter like the the moral uh what side of the moral coin this character falls on like there's there, there's something inherently compelling about that and when the film does decide to focus on that that's when i like the movie had like i had the most like attention drawn towards sure. it you know yeah and i mean it is it is kind of taking that like scarface gangster narrative and flipping it on its head sure in some very direct parallel wells ways um that we can get into in in uh spoiler zone but mm-hmm. I think all that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff is interesting. I just don't think it all comes together to be. It's just like when you're watching it, it's like, nah. I mean, you know, I, I think it reminds me of when uh, we were watching the Zack Snyder Watchmen and we we're just like, he took the direct words from the page yep. and somehow it is terrible. Like, how do you do something that's one for one and is terrible? And like with this movie, it's like. Yeah, all of the thing when you say it out loud, it's like, yeah, that works. That sounds cool. Why is it not like why is it not? And I don't and I think the the greatest strength of this movie is that it is hard to isolate what is not working about it. Sure. You know. Yeah. That's kind of its greatest trick. I think I think if I could try to isolate what's wrong with it, it's that the other side of the story, the non-psychological side, like him with his family and the um the plot of like the money is and the fbi tracking him is just not nearly as interesting i found it very boring even all the stuff that could be more interesting with like um linda cardellini's character sure being his wife and and kind of being the outside perspective of watching someone decay like this i think is conceptually really interesting but i just don't think there's not a lot to it there and i I think uh linda cardellini is a very talented actress uh Shout out uh, Dead to Me Season 2 and shout out Christina Applegate. Shout out Christina um, Applegate. But yeah, I just don't think there's a lot there for her to do, really. Because they, they kind of gave her kind of like a blasé characterization. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's she's just like, nah, I can take him. He's fine. It's like if she had a bit more like dramatic agency to mm-hmm. to like Capone's like failing mental and physical health, it, it could have been it could have been a lot more compelling. This movie had a lot of potential, which yeah. is something I didn't really even know anything about this movie before it came out. I think the trailer dropped kind of like uh, fairly recently, I want to say, right? And it kind of yeah. just, and then it just went right to VOD. I mean, with the state of things as they are, but it went straight to VOD. Yeah. I mean, it was going to have a theatrical release, but it went the way of how many movies are going. Watching mm-hmm. this in the theater would, would have been an interesting experience, especially with an audience. Mm-hmm. Cause like I was, I was thinking about like you know when I'm working at the at the store screen theater and people are leaving and you know you talk to you know you talk to all walks of life and you know sometimes you have a movie in there that's like you didn't like or or is critically panned and then people are walking out and you're like what do you think and they're like I was sick I don't, and they and they and I wonder I this is a movie I would have loved to hear people walking out of the theater and been like what do you think and and I feel like some people and there are people out there who really dig this movie. Sure. Yeah. Enough. Absolutely. I think it's 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 divisive right now, which I think is so strange. It's. it's but I, think I mean, there are people are that are the, celebrating the Snyder know. Cut today, so we'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. This day in history, it's got like a <laughs> built-in cult following already, which yeah. is like probably it's a movie. somewhat what it was going for. Also. Yeah. 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 I just think that, like, you know, it's not. I mean, do you guys think this is like a genuine film? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I do. I well, I guess I'm coming from like I've read like all about like Josh Trank's mm-hmm. uh, story and his upbringing in in like the the Hollywood system and whatnot and like how his career has gone. So like you know I'm sympa- you're a good person to ask. Yeah, I, I'm sympathetic to to his to his story and I was I was rooting for him to like you know like potentially hit a home run. I wasn't like entirely uh, expecting him to hit a home run, but like. You know, it it could have, it could have gone a lot worse. Like it could, he could have had another uh, fan four stick on his hands. But this is sure. th- this is <laughs> thankfully not that. But it'll just be like a, you know, if 
you know, I'm I'm not one of those people that say like, oh, he belongs in movie jail after after this. Like, no, I think that's that's. I kind of want to see him make another movie. Yeah, this, this movie yeah. is not like, dog shit. I think we need to be explicitly clear about that because we're talking very critically about it. I don't think it's like capital B bad. Like, it's not Garbo. No, no. There are interesting things about it. I just don't think it fully. And I think a lot of this discussion is us kind of pulling at the threads of like the potential that we see in it that it just right. didn't quite capitalize on all the way, which makes for a much more in- interesting discussion most of the time. I, th- I think when yeah. like if Josh Trank continues his his career and like, you know, admits to like, you know, what what his faults are as an artist artist, maybe and like find ways to like improve on that he could he could potentially make something really great i think he just needs to to dial in his scope a little bit i haven't seen chronicle but from what i i have heard about chronicle is like it succeeds because of like the limitations that it had yeah yeah chronicle just follows like three main characters and it's just them mostly goofing around with their newfound superpowers until until it gets out of hand right and it's i think chronicle has like a yeah, I think Chronicle has a really bad last act because he really blows the doors off of what Chronicle is doing plot wise. Because mm-hmm. it gets kind of like superhero. It, you know, remember when we watched like Power Rangers and like Power Rangers was really cool up until they started doing Power Rangers stuff. Yeah, and like it's kind of sucks. Yeah, that's kind of like like Chronicle is just like yo, we're gonna do some end of the world shit, and you're like this is actually fucking lame. So yeah, sorry, but guess, I, guess it's weird because you know I want I want compo- the just to be like Capone is a more intimate story. You'd think that would kind of work for him you know i mean like that, would, that would work to his benefit sometimes this stuff works better when you just rein it in a little bit mm-hmm. and i think that's yeah. that's one of the biggest problems here all right cool yeah, well I'm- i think we've pretty much exhausted the spoiler free talk we've kind of danced yeah. around a lot of uh, around a lot of stuff so let's take a quick break and then when we come back we're going to talk about all of our favorite moments of pissing and shitting my favorite This movie reminded me a lot of, or t- to me, there's like a narrative going on in my head um, as it was going on was, this is Tom Hardy playing the prequel of how Hector Salamanca <laughs> winds up where he is in Breaking Bad. <laughs> I think Hector Salamanca is a good example of this kind of character like done better and like more thoughtfully yeah i think so (laughs) i definitely think so but like that was like sort of the vibe that it gave me especially uh when they do the direct scene of capone being interviewed by the fbi and he just shits himself just a just a world just a world ending shit which is exactly (laughs) what happens with hector also neil neil brennan has a weird cameo in this movie which i thought was funny have you guys ever watched any Neil Brennan stand up? I don't know. I'm not familiar with Neil Brennan. So he he plays like his lawyer. Um and Neil Brennan's okay, like yeah, yeah. he he's like a writer for Dave Chappelle. Like he he's gotcha. like one of the funniest dudes. He's awesome. And his stand up on Netflix, I highly recommend, so plug that. But uh yeah, I was just like, why the fuck are you in this movie, Neil Brennan? Like, <laughs> like, what are you doing here? Get maybe, out. Maybe he's well, buddies with Josh Trank. That's maybe. that's awesome. kind of the weird thing, right? Is like this movie has I don't know if it's intentional or not. I I'm, it must be right, but like I laughed out loud several times during this movie. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, a that, lot of that's the, another like, reason to see with an audience would have been true. Incredible. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I was watching this movie with headphones, and the like first scene where um, they're sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner, um, and like they're kind of just like at the table, and there's a bunch of people at the table. There was some like ADR voice work going on of like other people that are supposed to be in sitting at the table but at least through my headphones it was mixed in a way where it just sounded like they were having like tom hardy was or capone was explaining to his granddaughter like what thanksgiving is about and they're just people in the background just going like gabagool like and it just sounded so <laughs> disconnected in a way that's just like the the kind of like typical like Italian gangster movie that was it just made me laugh. Yeah, I believe that. I don't know if yeah. that moment was supposed to be comedic, but and then just some of, just some of the like the like oh okay the like gremlin sort of noises that Tom uh, Hardy yeah. Oh, because well, like right. you know uh, it it comes down to like. 
Okay, so did he actually sound like that, or I don't know if he's doing an impression or what? Josh Trank claims that he did a lot of research for this movie, so make it make it that what you will. I'm making it some. I want Tom Hardy. I know we already have a Penguin cast for the new Batman movie, but I want Tom Hardy's Capone to be Penguin. So you so you want Tom Hardy to play two Batman villains? Yeah, he was well, already. I, mean, I think Tom Hardy's Capone is is a different consciousness. He exists outside of Tom Hardy's body, much mm. like his Venom. Right, they, they have taken on a personality of their own. But yes, I do. I do want that. I'm a loser, Eddie. A loser. Uh, yeah. There's so much pissing and shitting. Well, I guess there's only like there's two big shits that happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kind of signal like the 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 like the end of the first acts. And like the beginning of the third. <laughs> Those are the act breaks. Yeah. 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 Really? I, maybe this movie's brilliant. I actually didn't know that. Maybe. Maybe on a rewatch we would change our tunes. Um, yeah. I wasn't... Well, kind of like the strokes almost become act breaks in this movie. Um, and because there are like several isolated, like very direct dreamlike sequences and you brought up Lynch before and I think that's really where that stuff kind of it kind of sets like the atmosphere a little bit to it ahead of those but then Mm. really goes like fully into it when it's just like okay this is him his brain just firing on all cylinders as he's having a stroke and then you get those like kind of hallucination scenes Um, and those are the best part of the movie for sure I agree yeah Yeah. they are I think they were a little bit out of order in terms of escalation though the, yeah, the middle I, scene, right, where he like he's at the party. That seems to be. I think that would have been a lot more effective as like a climax. Well, then you don't like, get him running around in the diaper. That's that's true. You need that. <laughs> Do you? I need, I need, the Tommy gun. I need that scene with his little friend just mowing people down. It, I was so ready to fucking check out too, and then he he gets the golden Tommy gun, walking around, shit in his pants, shooting everyone in his house. I'm like, All right, I'll stay. And then it I'll stay turns here. I'll out stay here for this. he wasn't shooting everybody. <laughs> no, right. he only he only shot one person. Okay, right, right. Which is that's that's what happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is what I was kind of like alluding to before, like the sort of like taking that concept, that Scarface concept, and flipping it on its head with Capone, like, and having portraying some someone like Al Capone who. I don't really have any historical reference for really what Al Capone was or what he did or anything like that. But I'm I'm aware that he was a big time gangster in his time. And I'm aware that he probably got up to a lot of shit and like his name precedes him. Right. But this movie is trying to paint that in a light of like, this is a pathetic man who is at the end of his life. Everything is taken from him. The last thing he has to hang on to or support his family with is this bag of cash that he can't even fucking remember where it is. And I think it's I think there is supposed to be some amount of pathos there for him or just or not even that just like, you know, portraying someone like that in such a pathetic state and seeing like where all that kind of led to, mm-hmm. or, you know, where his whole life led him to. Um I just don't know if any of that had any actual weight for me emotionally. Like I said, I just think like the escalation of his uh of his psyche and all that was just like out of order. Yeah. Cuz cuz I think cuz I th- the the scene where he's like exploring that party and like the big massacre that follows is probably like, the most powerful sequence in the film, mm-hmm. but it happens like in the middle and you got like hour of movie yeah, that, yeah yeah and it just kind of deflates and this is an hour and 45 that. minute long movie that felt to me it felt like longer it was than never the gonna end <laughs> it felt longer than yeah, the Irishman exactly you know? like because I was compelled by the Irishman like, whatever yeah it, Irishman you're like yo what the what the fuck's gonna happen next like, like, you I don't, don't want, want this movie to end yeah, yeah exactly yeah with like this movie is just kind of I mean it's you know I would say it's hard to like make a you know, have your protagonist be such a piece of shit and you follow him, but, like, there's plenty of movies where you follow pieces of shit and you and you give a shit about him, you know? And, like, I just didn't... I never cared about this character. I never cared about him getting what he wants. 
I never cared about the people around him getting what they want. No. You know? And and I think I think the movie's a little gun shy when it comes to like building any real sympathy for these people. Or even know? if they like actually existed or not. <clears throat> yeah, sure. I think and that's if true. and if they didn't true. exist, yeah. what what was the point of them not existing? What was the what was the point of them being figments of Capone's yeah. imagination? Like what was really the end goal for Matt Dillon's character right imaginary like he just he just takes out his his eyeballs and puts them on the on the bed like it looks cool but it doesn't mean anything spooky, right you know like it's a little spooky i guess it was it's a cool little visuals, spooky no. i mean it doesn't even make sense i mean like they didn't cut out that character's eyes as far as we know so like why is he even doing like well why he is was the, the one of- he was he was the one he's the character that is being that gets stabbed right the one that's in yeah, the chair he's, he's in the chair and so scene. like there is some a component to that where like he was someone that worked for capone that got found out that he was a rat or something like that and he right was it was, that's what it was he was a rat or something like he, that? he was an alleged he got murdered for allegedly being a rat right even even but then he says like i wasn't one you know i never ratted on you so you think it's like a false you know he got killed for for not the the reasons he was accused of you know i mean a lot of what this movie is doing is dealing with guilt right like sure. and they, the FBI yeah. agent uh, says that explicitly at one point, like guys like that, they're like dealing with, they're like in prison in here, like in their heart. Right. Some I the thing, the line was something like that. Mm-hmm. And like, right. That is an interesting idea to kind of go off of and explore with that. But I think maybe part of the problem is this movie presumes that you kind of have a lot of expectations or, preconceived notions about Compone going in and doesn't yeah. really earn any of the like like you were saying like the sympathy or the pathos like of that character I can see yeah. people who watch this who have no like no recollection or any context of who Al frame of reference. is yeah. any kind of frame of reference and they'll just be completely fucking lost I mean you could leverage the same criticism against um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood not really not really, because uh, I think I think the characters are. You have are com- no idea who the fuck Marilyn Manson or Marilyn Manson, Jesus, um, Charles Manson and his crew is. Which I saw that exact take come out after that movie. It was like, who are these? What is going on here? What are, who are these? We people? can yeah. we can have a, a discussion about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, maybe another time. But, uh, I mean, with with biopics or biopic flexes, you know, I I don't love the criticism of like the movie shouldn't make you want to do research on your own the movie should just present to you all the things you know in the movie i I don't necessarily like that's not i i to me i don't think that's a fair criticism i think you know if the movie makes you look up stuff afterwards or whatever like i think that's all fine like you know i think that's part of the experience i also think you know with biopics there's a lot of like people who are going to see it who do know a lot and when you waste time feeding them like historical information you're kind of wasting screen time in that way or, or bloating out your movie yeah it's it's um, less about, i think there's a good balance to strike but it depends you know it, I, I think irishman strikes a great balance with stuff like i think that. it's, it's more the, the character building that it's lacking yeah rather than historical context it's it's sure. it's less information more emotion yeah you know and that's it it's, like that's, I, that's needed for me capone in this movie is a weird talking cigar chewing gremlin who shits his pants occasionally and is clearly dying and i don't really have any other sort of emotional connection to him either way like oh this is a man that should be feared or this is a man that like you know had some sort of stature at some point in his life or this is a man who's like going through regret or guilt or something like i don't have any of that like pretext for what he's going through it just opens up on him being pretty fucking gross like right from the get-go they they could have gone with this through like like a fucked up gangster version of like a christmas carol kind of yeah that that's like i would watch that 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 was like that was like the potential that they had but they just they just they i guess whether they didn't realize that was the potential that they had or if they knew but just didn't act on it like I do feel like that's what they're going for, right? Is there there this is this is like this is a bad person working through some of their shit but it's doing all these other things dying. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, they try to visualize the guiltiest moments in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like, like shooting a kid. Again, like, or like why the fuck do you give a shit that he has a son somewhere? Like, why? Like, yeah, like you know, like, and and the whole point is just like, oh, he's he's the most haunted by this thing. He's chasing this thing, mm-hmm. and then he gets it at the end. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. Is is this kid's life that much fucking better meeting this dude as his dad? Like I don't I don't know. We don't man. know. He was a nothing character. Right. Yeah, but he shows up like, you know, he checks in all the time and it's just like I don't know. And then yeah, the money thing like does you know, I I think it's hard to even care about the money thing cuz like the, there's also a tug of war of like, does Al Capone even care about the money? Because he barely knows where it is or anything going on about it. But his family definitely cares about the money. Everyone else cares about the money, which is kind of like why they're keeping this dude alive at mm-hmm. this point. It's because they're like, if if he's alive, we can maybe find out where the money is. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. But yeah. it's a strange, it's a strange plot device at the end of the day. You know. And these are all like components and pieces that could work and could lend to something. I think that lands, and that's kind of what we're like like spent most of this discussion going on about is they just right. don't really seem to all come together in a way that clicks and it's hard to put your finger on exactly why those pieces don't fit together but it's easy to to tell when when you're watching it mm-hmm. for us at least i mean like you said i i'm i am sure that some people will come away from this movie and have really enjoyed it some people yeah, I mean, good for them, you know. That if bit, they... that bit where he blows away that that uh, alligator was fun. <laughs> that was fun. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I did. I I got enjoyment out of just rascally Tom Hardy making sure. funny noises and stuff. Sure. And the the movie is so insane at times, <laughs> and like what it chooses, like that's why I, that's what I meant at the beginning. Where I'm like, I was certainly entertained while I watched it, and like there are there there are peaks and valleys. Sure. in that entertainment yeah. as well i i totally agree with that but it's sh- you know. it, it should have just gone like full gung-ho like gonzo insane pants there should have been actually more pants more, shitting. more pants shitting okay honestly you heard here first like the they sh- take on like Capone, it would have it would have been shitting. it would have been like more interesting and like more stand out if they just went full-blown crazy with it as just this like transgressive fucking vulgar biopic you know yeah it was definitely vulgar yeah, yeah but I mean, maybe know. not vulgar enough fair i think i think like i tanya is one of my favorite biopics because of like, everything about it um <laughs> but you know they they use the media and media portrayal is such a huge part of that movie's plot and arc and they feature so many scenes where Tanya is like talking directly to us, the audience, like you, like you know, like they use that, and that, and that like action fits so well into like what the overall theme of the movie is, and mm-hmm. and I wish there was some of that synergy within this movie, you know, like if if you're gonna if the if the point or if like you know another theme of the movie is dementia or you know or any of the cherry-picked ones that we pulled out like there should have been more maybe like action connected to it at times mm-hmm. um instead of like you know the movie also like is, is very quick to be like let's play this for funny or let's play this for for insanity Gross. you know like it it just doubles down in the moment without kind of worrying about like what the energy of the whole piece should be agreed sure. agreed yeah all right, boys. I feel like we're we've pretty much wrung out most of our our thoughts on this movie. Does anyone else have any? I, I want to bring up the soundtrack actually. I almost By forgot LP. about that. Done, yeah, I, was, I saw that as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's okay. It kind of well. Cool. I think it kind of that was sort of the thing immediately that clued me into like this is maybe going for something a little more out there, esoteric kind of thing. Like because it's got a very like synthy atmospheric kind of soundtrack to it mm-hmm. yeah. um i i'm not familiar with the person uh or artist who he, made he's he's one soundtrack. half of run he's one half of run the jewels ah okay interesting yeah yeah he's the white guy gotcha yeah. um so yeah i mean i think that that the soundtrack is what was like okay maybe this is going for like 
a different thing than what I expected. Um, it's cool. There's so the, the music say. stood out to me uh, specifically prior to me knowing this um, during the scene where he's shooting up everybody, mm-hmm. and there's like some good like womp womps in tandem with them moving and stuff like that. And I remember being like, "This is cool." Capone, mm-hmm. you know, some good but womp womps. Cool. Some good womp womps. But uh, yeah, you know, it's like only again, it's like it's only cool in the moment. Like, it's not. It doesn't stay that cool. You're not gonna, you're you're not gonna it, hit you that know? on Spotify after this. Nah, I ain't gonna hit that one on Spotify. Maybe if I heard it out of context with the shitting, it would be it would be better. I don't know. Maybe maybe you need what the if shitting it's, sounds it's, in there. It's a uh, Spotify playlist of nothing but shitting sounds. Mm, now That's we're talking. There's chill, a way to chill do shit sounds without to making study them too. hilarious. <laughs> Chill shits to study to. When he shits the bed, that is the gnarliest thing. <laughs> that was a big one. That was a because it's also one. like it's like for, it's like the he like shit the, the forensics. Yeah, the forensics analysis of the shit. Like I'm about to go like turn into Will Graham and like put the fucking thing together and it doesn't What's make the spray like, pattern doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because it like he must have shit so hard it like blew a hole through his a- pants. everything. Yeah, he it, he just annihilated, destroyed. It. Yeah. And then his wife's reaction bed. to the shitting is like, this is a nightmare, a <laughs> full-blown nightmare. Which, again, nice. going back to, like, you know, uh, that role, like, there is, that is really, like, the sympathetic character. And she just, yeah. there's just not a lot. I don't know. For me, there wasn't a lot going on for her. No, she gets to slap him, which I'm, which in that moment, I'm like, am I supposed to be into this? Because I'm, in, I'm into her slapping Sure, him, sure, says, yeah. Like, and that was a know. great pratfall. On Tom yeah. Hardy's part, that was that was a very nice oh, yeah, splat true. on the ground. He's a very yeah. physical actor. Very. This is true. Very. Even when he's uh, like in a little cockpit with his face covered. Oh, definitely. Like like in Dunkirk, he's he's being still, the third build actor on that movie. <laughs> he was well ahead of <laughs> he's the, the mask curve. Yeah. He's got good taste in masks. I'll give yeah. him that. And that uh, that knife stabbing scene was especially very gnarly. That was like, yeah. That was graphic. Yeah, like Josh Josh Trank has some capability in uh, inducing some uh, some pretty horrific imagery. Yeah. So I mean, let him make a psychological horror movie. You like know? full like, blown. Yeah. Well, that's what so. he was. That's it. what he was trying to do with Fantastic Four. Is <laughs> like everyone else was like, "Can we just make a Fantastic Four movie?" And Josh Trank yeah. was like, well, "No, nah, I mean, we like, have maybe... to have them be like horrified that they can set themselves on fire." As much as I'm into like that pitch, like maybe not for your second and biggest movie. Exactly. Do that, you know, like wait your fucking turn. Especially when like a studio wants a very specific thing out of a movie like that. But I mean, this movie you could say is like the idea of a a man who has done horrible things being trapped kind of inside his own psyche as it deteriorates around him. It's kind of you know it, it actually gave me some Jacob's Ladder vibes as well, like. There is horror movie aspects to this this film. Def- yeah. Definitely, there's a scene that's like kind of it, it like is played scary, but like I, I don't know if it should be. But it's a, it's the scene where he's in, in in the big set piece, like when he he's having that flashback where his his boy gets murdered, but he sees himself in the mirror and he's like fat and like and it's like he like is that his younger version of himself and like mm-hmm. that scene looks really cool it looks really cool mm-hmm. and like in you know they mentioned that he looks like he lost weight and stuff like that because you look at pictures of Acapone, he's kind of a heavier dude um and it's and it's cool and in that moment it's like oh you do kind of look like they did actually make you look like Al Capone but now you look like dying Al Capone and that actually makes that make sense even though the um the face stuff never never quite works but um, yeah, his eyes were super fucking bloodshot. It looks like they squeezed an entire thing. Yeah, I mean, of like, I drops into his just, eyeballs. You can just, you know, you can tell you could take his face, like, off. You know, you mm. can tell, like, all the prosthetics on it. You can just be like, all right, we're done with that. Like, <laughs> um, you guys sent, like, two gifts in, in our chat about it, which I was like, yes. No, yeah, yeah, that's, yep. <laughs> that is accurate. Mm-hmm. Well, how did everyone feel about that Wizard of Oz scene? It's great. They just let Tom Hardy just something. Pull, yeah, sure. Pull yeah. up there. It, well, that the scene that like follows it is like some of the best dialogue in the movie when they're talking about like how come he didn't go back to Emerald City and like, <laughs> it's like because he's a fucking wizard. He like corrects. He's like he's a wizard. Like like that stuff is is pretty funny. But again, like it's it, it's so tonally unmatched. 
With everything that's going on in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Al Capone and Matt and his Matt Dillon imaginary friend character should just have a movie podcast. Ooh, I'm into that. That's yeah. what I want. He's a, fuck, he's a yeah. fucking wizard. I, I, I like, yeah, I did like I did like the like oh Al Capone as a film critic. <laughs> I'd watch that. He's he's do. something of a cinephile. Yeah. He has good taste. Yeah. Well, I guess and, you know, I think the the cool thing about that scene is that like he's so out of it all the time, but he like knows he knows like everything about Wizard of Oz though. Like he's like the most like kind of he's mm-hmm. like, no, I know who Judy like Judy Garland is and all this like Judy yeah, Garland. Yeah. He has courage now. <laughs> like it's like, oh he he like his brain works sometimes. He can understand theme. He can bit. understand theme. A little bit. I mean we can all understand but theme. Can, but can has... but can Josh Trank? That's the question. I think he understands I think theme. He, yeah, I think sure. he I just don't think much, he is, you know? is is as good as we would like him to be at expressing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, better luck next time. Josh I'll watch the next one. Sure, I'll check it too. out. This movie was me interesting. Too. It wasn't. I don't think it was especially good, but I think it was interesting. I look forward. It is a bold I, I, pitch. Yeah, I look forward to like further introspective think pieces about it. Sure, in the future. Sure, because I feel like there yeah. are some people who can like really dig into it. This would be an interesting one find. to rewatch, although I'm not really interested in rewatching it anytime. Not super down soon. to watch it, right no. away, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I'm I'm curious to to hear you know to see more positive buzz on it and see what people are really digging about the thing, you know. Um, but I feel like it's going to be people looking past its. What I've seen already is people looking past its flaws and and kind of like liking the same things that we liked about it, but like ignoring like the things that I'm like, this is clearly not good. Like, yeah. You know, which is kind of, cl- yeah. which is kind of how like a cult classic is born, you know? True. For that sure. is true. Cool. Well, all right. I think that pretty much covers it for Capone. Any, uh, any other quick hits you guys want to hit before we wrap this thing up? Any other stuff you've been watching you want to shout out? I'd say if you want a good, concise, clean, uh, story of Al Capone. Watch the drunk history bit where they talk <laughs> okay, about nice. where they talk about Al Capone. Is that from the I, show or is that from the web series? The show, the Comedy okay. Central. Okay. Show. So uh, yeah, that I actually watched that before watching. The well, you movie. wanted to brush up on your history. I want. I wanted to brush up a little bit, oh, and you're, it actually you're gave prepared. me some helpful context of what was a. Uh, well, that's all the research uh, Josh Trank was talking about that he did. He's like, oh, I watched that, and then I wrote this movie. Yeah. I yeah, watched it twice, yeah, there you go. and then <laughs> now, there we're, go. now we're done. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, I've been watching, I've been re-watching, even though, I don't know if I watched every episode, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, which just came to Oh, I'm, actu- I'm actually um, watching that as well. Uh, we've, Lisa and I have been, we bought the Blu-rays, like... I kind of like, wish I had the Blu-rays because like, it's like standard definition on Netflix and it looks kind of shitty. Yeah. Sometimes. We ordered the Blu-rays months ago and that we were watching them together oh. and we got to like the middle of season two. But then and then like the quarantine happened and we haven't been able to really see each other. But since but this this Netflix, you know, this Netflix thing came up, we've been able to get back to it and we're re- rewatching it again. So that's that's been great. Dude, it still boggles my mind that Netflix has not added like a more social component so that you can sync up accounts and watch just like queue up we, like watching we use something the, together. Uh, we use the Google Chrome app. Netflix I know partner. that there's yeah, there's like third party. Um, uh, so we totally got disconnected. So we're just gonna technical right difficulties. In, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about Netflix. Um, yeah, I was saying uh, I'm I'm rewatching Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, not too much to say about it besides that show is fucking awesome, uh, and also Hannibal just came to uh, Netflix. Everyone should watch Hannibal. Everybody, check so they make out another Hannibal season on Netflix. of Netflix. I rewatched both seasons of American Vandal. Oh, that's just so good. I, I, I wish it didn't get canceled. Mm, yeah, yeah, I still stand by that's one of the best shows Netflix ever. Put out. I agree, man. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I recently watched the film After Hours by Martin Scorsese. I watched that the other day. Wow, Great, you've been on a real nice. binge, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, got time now. Life. Like, yeah, a little bit. Thank you. Um, 
it's you know it's like now's a good a time as any to like get into that like uh that watch list that big log the backlog and yeah that big backlog and like dive deep right into oh, yeah. it so i forgot i watched uh in like the matter of like back to back i watched uh prisoners enemy and uh nightcrawler oh, oh wow the for, the first, for the first for the first time yeah oh yeah fuck. all the, those movies are fucking perfect they're so good oh man um, very good i was movies. like on a jake gyllenhaal kick and i was like what if i just watch like every jake gyllenhaal movie or at least all the ones i know are good yeah um, those are some good they ones are, they are i never wound up watching the buzzsaw uh from i haven't watched that, that i heard mixed things about that yeah one. yeah but the buzz was kind of tepid on that one so i i didn't get around to it but yeah nightcrawler i really liked but i think prisoners is is the standout prisoners is is perfect that is a amazing movie um yeah that's that's what i'm watching i'm also playing a lot of destiny 2 because i'm back on ah, that's crack so all it took yeah, was one text you mentioned and you it back in that's all it took man um they Netflix dropped uh, Magic for Humans season three, kind of like oh, did they unceremoniously I I, last Friday? Yeah, I, I never had no finished idea se- that. I never finished season two. Season two is good. It ends on yeah. a very good episode. Um, yeah. And uh, season three just came out on Friday. I'm like two or three episodes in, and so far it's it's more of that show, which is always good because there's not that much of that show. That's already. like Queer Eye, where it's just like it's another it's another one. Sure. Uh, at this point, I think they've made too much Queer Eye, but uh, that's all I say on that. <laughs> it's um, a little oversaturated, but it's still there. You know, uh, the magic for Queer Eye quickly dissolved for me after season one. But um, yeah, Magic for Humans is if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, this comedian slash magician Justin Wellman who does like kind of close up street magic primarily, and he it's produced by Tim and Eric, so. It's uh, mm. it's the the absolutely um, production company. If you've ever watched any Tim and Eric stuff, they absolutely um, they so imagine like something like David Blaine esque kind of, except with a very charming lead guy and like kind of Tim and Eric sort of comedic energy. So that's Into good it. stuff, and it's also I've like seen... way more wholesome than most Tim and Eric stuff. It's like very. I like kind of sweet i liked uh i saw a few episodes from the first season i dug it yeah yeah you can definitely feel that that tim and eric flavor though especially with the magic for susans yes some of the like the editing and like the sound cues are like straight up just like very tim and eric yeah and we saw justin wilman live uh in new york city eleanor and i and uh i can it's not just like tv bullshit we saw him in person and he did some pretty wild stuff so it's an art form. Yeah, for sure. Whether whether magic is real or not, it's a true art form. Yeah, absolutely. I buy it. Absolutely. Cool. All right. I think we've gone on long enough here, so I'm going to thank you boys for joining me. Thanks for having me. Robert and Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you for yes, your thoughts. thank you. Um, this is not the only podcast we do for StoryScreen. Uh, you can head over to StoryScreenBeacon.com and check out all kinds of content. Um, and hey, why don't you go check out some of our social media stuff? We've got uh story underscore screen on twitter and story underscore screen underscore beacon on instagram we're also on facebook and all all that jazz as well and got all kinds of uh online events going on as well so if you like trivia we've got trivia uh what is it every other saturday now robbie uh that seems to be the schedule at the moment it's the kind of and uh, yeah it trades stream alongs so Queue up a movie uh, on your own at a designated time. We just last night did Groundhog Day. Um, so we watched Groundhog Day and then had like a live chat going on there. So if you've ever wanted to hop on and watch a movie with us and, and chat it up afterwards, uh, we are doing that about the same. About every We, we switch weeks with, uh, with the trivia. So check yeah. that out. Any other quick quick hits you guys want to plug? Uh, well, we have our subscription service, so yes. be sure to, uh, if you guys are in need or desire to have more of our content, we have a whole bunch of uh, stuff uh, on that feed as well that's exclusive to members. Uh, I just wrote a review on Midnight Gospel that's going to be on there. Uh, that show is cool. Did you um, wind up liking so it? I actually liked it a lot. Cool. It is, uh, I, I mentioned in my review, there, there were, there were, there are some growing pains I had with it, but I thought it was really cool. Um, and maybe listen to a few uh, Pendleton Ward 
on Netflix. And Duncan Trussell. Yes. Who is certainly a big part of that. It's it's a lot of it is based around his podcast, uh, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. And that podcast is is cool. Um, especially if you want to hear people vibe out and get super high and talk about existential shit. Uh, that's the show for you. Word. Uh, follow me on Letterboxd, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Now we have to end the show. I mostly just redirect the podcasts on my letterbox, but sometimes I have my own thoughts on films in written form. Check it out. Word. Jeremy KO is what I go by on there. All right. Thank you, boys, once again for joining me. Thank you, listeners, for listening in. And we will see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye.